0: Everything's Putin's fault. Oh, did I say that? Everything's Putin's fault. Yes, everything is Putin's fault as usual. Um,
1: did we miss anything?
0: No, we Two didn't weeks. have a show last
1: week, so nothing happened.
0: Right, pretty much. <coughs> um, yeah. None to see. We didn't. What we didn't mention, we should have mentioned at the beginning of this month. Because well, no, it was last show was before the start of June. Uh-huh. So actually, well, uh, that's okay. For sure. so so we, month, so we yeah. can we can talk about it now. Uh, this is uh, this is Pride Month. Do you God. know that? Yeah. It's on Twitter anyway, so it must be, it must be real. <laughs> what does that mean, Pride?
1: To explain that as best you can. I don't mean. What I know mean, what it what refers mean? to. What do they mean when it's the Pride the month? Why is it one month of the year? Well, what? you
0: need a month to just get all the pride in. You know. Okay. Um, is uh, that why
1: I'm seeing all these videos of and you, parades. And, and you
0: may have you yes. may have thought it's it's you may have thought it's gay pride, but it's not. It's actually um, LGBT, LGBTQ pride. Yeah. Uh, whatever. It's it's not it's not you can't call it gay pride. You I, shouldn't I'm, call it gay pride anymore. I'm down
1: with it. Uh, it's LGBT, LGBTQIA Good job.
2: Well, not bad, huh? It's good that but
1: you I can quote
0: f- that, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I mean, didn't even study it.
0: Got well, a in my brain. There's marches going on this month all around. Um,
1: marches, dances, twerkers, twerks.
0: Yeah, um, and kids
1: are involved, right? It's
0: well, I mean, this is maybe a bit inflammatory. What I'm going to show now, but or as an example of, mm. this is from uh, one of you sent there, Scotty. It's from the uh, D Washington D.C. and it's um, what's well, the? It's the L G P T plus. Etc. Etc. Uh, pride, uh, march, and play. <laughs> Flag is perfect. Some Washington DC. Can you look at right. right after, too. Irish, oh, yes. Irish girls. Irish dancing. Yeah. Anyway. Irish dancing. Yeah. So yeah, it's weird to have European Union.
3: Oh, <laughs> it, it stopped. Oh no, that's right That's the end. I thought it. paused. Pause. Yeah. Do, do we want to replay? Just uh, no, thanks, no. no. Okay.
0: It's good. Now, of course, not all. Gay slash LGBTQ, whatever people are, you know, support that kind of stuff, whatever, because obviously it's not exactly, doesn't have anything to do with rights, you know what I mean? Uh, well, maybe it does, but there's certain rights that obviously everybody agrees that should be curtailed, right? And men flashing their fake boobs in public and twerking at a cop. Well, fake probably. boobs, they're real. Whatever, no, they're not real. Yeah. Well, I mean, he has maybe surgery. Well, maybe, um, well, I'm probably implants. Yeah. But anyway. Okay, uh, fake. But yeah. probably I'm assuming anyway, I don't I think that display would come under most people would agree that it comes under a, a kind of like it's beyond what most people would agree is uh, uh, a, a right decency. Well, right. It, it shouldn't that shouldn't be a right to, to, right. to, to go around in public like that. Right. What if everybody had the right to do that? I mean, the problem is most people don't have don't want the right to do that. Right. Obviously. But it wouldn't be a good situation where all of society was. Uh, in, inclined in that in that direction right, and of course that person isn 't representative of the entire non binary community can uh, I say that you're yeah. up with the lingo can i say that uh,
1: yeah yeah totally right. i think so yeah
0: non 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 heteronormative.
1: <laughs> that's that 's very good Joe
0: am I getting there am I getting there
1: yeah that rings a bell that 's okay. better than me that's, okay. i can't so all I see is like carry on
0: yeah anyway so um yeah there's that and then there's um that's what's going on. I mean the, th- the thing about it is I don't want to get into this topic right because it's obviously not something we really want to talk about whatever but like I just don't think that that has much to do with rights that there's a display of that of course there's a lot of people behind who are not uh uh you know Exposing themselves or just displaying themselves in the way that guy is. But, you know, that uh, that kind of display has become...
1: That's a woman, Joe. Huh? That was a woman. What do you mean? You said that guy.
0: Yeah. He is a guy, no? No. No, he's neither. No. I think you're missing the point. He's neither. She is neither. They They. they are neither. <coughs> yeah. Anyway, um, the point is... Of my point, you I don't see how my we can't is. talk about it? Yeah. yeah I don't know. know what my point is anymore. Uh, yeah. The point is that uh, there's a lot of people... You know, sp- you know, yeah. who get out for LGBTQ, pr- gay pride, whatever, uh, and it—it's about rights, and they talk about rights and all that kind of stuff, right? And a lot of people come behind it, aren't, aren't? But the problem is that for decades and for for a long time now, and going back into the '90s and stuff, those kind of marches, gay pride or whatever they're called, pride marches uh, in cities around the world were defined by that kind of a display. You know what I mean? So it's like I don't—I don't understand how anybody, any organizers or people who, you know. proponents or advocates for those kind of rights marches or pride marches or whatever allow that kind of thing to happen but i suppose their their hands are tied in a certain sense because if they were to say anything about it it would be uh it would be discriminatory and blah 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 so it's it's a problem you know it's one of those problems that's why we don't talk about it. it's one of those problems that you just go listen uh whatever people can have their own opinion about it and Uh, You know, just carry on. Next topic. Anyway, uh, well, (laughs) what are we doing?
1: So, yeah, you explained that Pride Month means...
0: Yes, the whole month, around the world. Well, around the Western world, really. I'm pretty sure there's not much happening in places like India or China or Russia or uh, probably, you know. It's mainly in... It's only the international community that that, that promotes...
1: Yeah, the IC. Yeah,
0: yeah. Ie Western Europe and America, North America. Anyway, um, but there is a problem that there's. I mean, it's all it's all well and good talking about pride and all that kind of stuff and rights and that kind of stuff, but there's problems that that section of the that demographic in the population need to be concerned about as well because it's something that impacts them directly, uh, and it's more important than I think it's it, it's a looming issue that's probably going to hit harder and sooner than any kind of long term struggle for rights. And it's uh, what I just said to there, Scotty. And this, I'm assuming, directly impacts that community as well. The um, U.S. faces tampon shortage
1: as companies struggle with supply chain issues. Right.
0: Because, you know, the non-binary, the, the, the transgender guys and stuff...
1: Also have periods. Well,
0: they're going to have problems with the tampons, you know. I mean, I mean they're gonna, if there's a shortage, you know, yeah. it's, it's a problem, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, what are they going to stick up their butts or whatever.
1: Well, they have other options. They do? Yeah, I think so. What? Uh, they're into all kinds of things going up there, you know?
0: All right, moving uh. on. <laughs> Let's move on to the next topic. Uh, what is the next topic? That that was, yeah, it's okay. That's that's our, our assessment of that situation. But yeah, just one more example on a more serious note, it is one more, more example of uh, supply chain issues. Um, people aren't really feeling them uh, in any, to any significant degree uh, at this point, but it's all talk, you know. It's all—I think it's all background stuff. There's stuff happening in the background. Job losses, there's stuff happening in the UK where a lot of that are the result of the the lockdowns and the, sh- the shuttering of, the, of, of of economies, where there's businesses. Uh, who just aren't reopening now, you know, and and there's a there's a lag, you know, of a year or two, or you know, people could get by with government subsidies, that kind of stuff, but um, it's gonna, it's all gonna, you know, kind of pile on, uh, yeah, at once in a certain sense, and of course, it's been exacerbated by the fact that um, there's the energy crisis because Putin's Putin's evil. Uh, Putin's evil aggression in Ukraine uh, causing uh, energy shortages and gas and petrol and diesel price increases meaning people can't afford to some people apparently in the UK at least can't afford to go to work, lower paid uh, healthcare workers they've mentioned lower paid healthcare workers can't afford the gas for their cars to go to work so they're just giving up their jobs and then lots of bars and restaurants have at this point just decided to kind of close down Mm -hmm. um, because it's just like well, the COVID business and the shortfall in income they had, and I suppose a relative reduction in 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 their in their revenue, even after things supposedly op- uh, opened up, and people you know there's a certain section of the population aren't going out as often as they did before, etc. Um, so, a lot of business is just, uh, and also the cost of when you're talking about energy prices going up, you're talking about a marginal, at least a marginal increase in cost of running a business compared to before, you know, with uh, gas electricity, that kind of thing yeah. so yeah, it's, it's, it's all, they're still talking about it in the background, you know, uh, almost as if it's, it's almost as if you get, you're getting, getting advanced warning of something yeah. that's going to hit at some point and become more real for everybody but it hasn't reached that tipping point yet yeah. uh, if there is such a tipping point but I don't know but. yeah,
1: Well it has different effects um, depending on, on who you are if if you're reliant on your car mm-hmm. for work and anything else, for shopping, to get around, to be mobile, you're already feeling it. And that's why Americans, let's say average, most Americans do feel it, and they're open arms about mm-hmm. the, the price of gas, the pumps. But in other sectors, in other ways, not yet. There's nothing felt yet. Yeah. Um. I don't have it to hand, but there was one of a litany of, Warnings in the British press this week—something about food. Sainsbury's Tesco's—they're big, large box chains. Warning of upcoming shortages. Right? Mm-hmm. The, the overwhelming number of comments, as I scroll through them below it, were like, "Well, I don't know. Down my local shop, the price of name name the product is actually about fifty p pence cheaper than I'm used to it being." Mm-hmm. There were the counter examples, but on the whole, I got the impression that most people were like this is kind of Chicken Little. You know, they've been going on and on now about this for a long time, mm-hmm. but they don't actually feel it yet. And I think what's the, the the main probably division among people is so far those in cities and well stocked urban areas versus those in more remote satellite areas. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's the same in in Europe. Right, Western Europe, you know, where it's being felt as well, it's over two something a liter for for gas that's higher than the US. You know, Americans complain, but they, they still haven't quite reached Western European levels yet.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's going to impact your more rural type. But city, they don't have a car, they've been encouraged not to get a car, they're buying electric scooters, they only use a bike and the bus. You know, that hasn't hit them yet. Mm-hmm. And so so far, I think we're still in the uh, <coughs> the management phase. We haven't hit the point where it's really being felt, you know. Mm-hmm. For certainly for city for
0: urban
2: mm-hmm. dwellers,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. But that could happen all at once, right? That'll for for city cities and city dwellers. It'll <coughs> that's be that's what I fear. I fear. I fear it's going dynamics. to be
1: re- reasonably well managed until it's just not, and it'll happen quickly. Mm-hmm. But that 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 speaks to what we've theorized in the past would happen there would be this attempted reset resetting mm-hmm. of things and global management and they think it's going well according to an agenda or a set of overlapping agendas until there's a, ki- a type of to use one of their terms black swan event mm-hmm. that's just one too many mm-hmm. Putin's war in Ukraine in quotes isn't it right uh, we're talking here something that knocks a system or set of systems offline and has cascading effects. Um, that'll be felt in the economy, but right. it might, the catalyst for it might be something that comes out of left field, mm-hmm. namely an environmental, a natural disaster of a proportion they didn't budget for.
0: Right. It. Because there, you know, there isn't really, I mean, as much as they talk about uh, energy shortages, gas short Putin, you know, cutting off oil, cutting off gas, uh, causing price hikes, um, Putin, you know, disrupting grain production in Ukraine, causing food shortages, blah, 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 blah. We used to throw up that uh, picture I just sent you, Scottie, from The Economist, a headline uh, from recently, Russia's pumping more oil to Europe than it was before the war. So how do you square that with, mm-hmm. with there being uh, energy shortages? Well, it's not that there's energy shortages, but the prices are going up. And why are the prices going up? Because, well, the market says so, right? And who's the market? Well, it's the people who are producing the oil and governments who set prices and that kind of stuff. They're artificially inflating the, the price Ooh, of, of oil and an gas eye. on the basis of there being a shortage when clearly there isn't. If, if, if Europe is receiving more oil than before, how can you claim that there's a shortage of oil? Right. How yeah. can you choose, say there's an energy shortage? And you notice you don't hear much about gas anymore either, but Russian gas, because Russian gas is flowing as freely as it was before. Okay, some countries may be trying to cut back and source it from other areas but they're not having a lot of success in doing that because it's vastly more expensive and more difficult to get lng liquefied natural gas by boat into their countries when their whole infrastructure is set up for receiving it by pipeline so those countries that have been receiving oil russian russian gas by by pipeline are continuing to do so and the media just goes quiet on it they scaremonger about it they talk about russia's going to cut off gas uses as a geopolitical tool blah 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 and then they go quiet because nothing has changed. But the only thing that has changed is the prices continue to increase, and they stay they stay high. And people are being encouraged over and over again by the media and by governments to think that evil Putin did it, which is just pathetic. But anyway, if you want to believe that, go ahead. Yeah.
2: <coughs>
1: There's a lot of lot of directions <coughs> we can jump off. Here's one, though, from a couple of days ago. Um, is it today's, actually? I think it's the Sunday Times, so it must be today's Times. Um, I just sent you this headline, Scott. Climate crisis will bring on Russia's downfall. Ooh. The war has exposed another of Putin's great miscalculations, ignoring a shift from fossil fuels. Mm-hmm. <coughs> That's from uh, June 7th. So it's insane, right? You notice in a lot of commentary that they're starting to acknowledge that actually Russia's winning. In quotes, depending on how they frame what winning is in Ukraine, mm-hmm. well, this is a kind of a fallback position where they might win the battle in Ukraine, mm-hmm. but Russia's already lost the war. And it goes on to describe how the great miscalculation of Russia here is that they're profiting from fossil fuels, which are being phased out anyway in what remains their main market. European market, mm-hmm. he's trying to say, we're all moving away from that. So you can profit from this maybe for a decade. But after that, you're totally screwed because mm-hmm. you're not making the shift to a green economy. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I, it's, it's, it's such a weird stance. And he's, he's actually basing it off a book that's being promoted in, in highfalutin circles, um, which goes on and on about this, that... Uh, it actually comes to Putin from another, attacks him from another angle. He never took climate change seriously. Mm -hmm. He's betting long term on there being increased need for fossil fuels in the near and far future. But in fact, we in the great liberal West, we set sail away from that. We're decarbonizing anyway. Mm -hmm. So, ha ha ha, Putin will still lose. He may win this battle, but He's lost a greater war. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how much they believe this stuff, but, you know, as we discuss back and forth, uh, do they really believe their, their green agenda narrative or not? But um, it makes for great op-eds that are, like, just objectively, you should, you know, hand them to psychiatrists to, to assess their, their mental state because right. it's completely insane. It's taking It's taking as real... Something that's conjecture. So the conjecture is uh, fossil fuels bad, therefore let's all shift green. That's an idea, it's not an actual subst- instantiated <coughs> reality yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But based on the ideal or idea of where we ought to go, yeah. not where we actually already are, we're going, to, we're going to view the world and make decisions about the world. Based on what we think should be, and of course, bring and people along,
0: bring everyone along, bring everyone propaganda. Along
1: into that cloud, the castle in the sky mm-hmm. that we may build in the far off
2: future.
0: Yeah, you talk about like delusion in the media, and so put up that one I just sent you, Scotty. It's a good, uh, just summary. It's <laughs> it's funny. Uh, so this, this, this is a Guardian uh, guy, uh, Con Coughlin. He's just defend- no, he's Telegraph. Oh, sorry, well, Telegraph. Con right, Coughlin, doesn't yeah, defence editor the uh, The last one is from the so there's his is his narration of in his editorials whatever they are in in the telegraph over the past few months uh, terrible bloody error west is beating russia putin 's war has been a fiasco humiliated for fi- russia faces an epoch defining defeat total victory over putin cannot be bought cheap and then finally Putin could be about to pull off a shock triumph it 's like somebody needs to tell that doofus that it's only a shock to him and the people who believe him. Like, you know what I mean? We in the reality based community have realized that, you know, that all of his previous headlines were just complete and utter, was just wishful thinking. It's just dreaming, you know, but it's funny. Like, and he has no shame. I wonder, does he consider that? Probably not. Like I was thinking he must consider, well, I was wrong on all those other ones. Like I totally misread the whole situation. Right. Mm. But he says, no, that's just the way, that's just the way things go. It, It was true back then, but it's not true anymore. Yeah, new information came to light. Well, how? But yeah, sure. Maybe new information came to light, but you obviously weren't didn't have the same information that people like us did from the very beginning. Which was that there was no chance that Russia was ever going to be defeated. Mm. Ukraine was never winning, and uh, and so this idea of a shock triumph is just because you're stupid, basically, because you you don't know what you're talking about.
1: This speaks to why, if you were applying it, looking at this like a psychologist, um, it's super interesting because. People who understand psychopathy and how it manifests, w- one of the things that a psychopath will do is what's Listen. true for me now won't be true for me later. And when they're presented in, with video evidence of what they said mm. hours or days ago, mm-hmm. they're like, they, they see no incongruence yeah. between their two positions. Yeah. They're like, but I'm telling you this now.
0: Everything's relative, everything's mutable, there is no such thing as truth. Uh, yeah. basically it's what I feel in the moment and that's the truth, therefore there is no enduring or abiding truth, there's nothing constant um, so I can make up whatever I want, so there's no such thing as a lie effectively then, right, either for those people, right, it's all just what I want and, and, and what I want is true, mm-hmm. in any given moment what I want is true, is the truth so it's a very different definition of, definition of truth for those kinds of people uh, as most normal people hold to um, yeah,
1: and then there are spin-offs from that, <coughs> where relatively normal people uh, have adapt- adopted over the last, you know, it's, it's a common phrase now. Well, they agree to settle an argument with my truth, your truth. Mm. And it's useful for practical purposes. You know, right. the two can agree to differ and go away.
0: On trivia. but That's okay if, on trivia. If,
1: if it really grokked either party in that situation, they'd be like, hang on, they both can't be true. Yeah. One of us is wrong. But yeah, the but one who's able to have that introspection is the one who appreciates that.
0: But usually with normal people, you can, you can have that conversation and come down to some kind of a basic uh, truth that you both accept, mm. you know, based on some fundamental values or, you know, p- almost just humanistic, normal human values, right? Uh, people can have that my truth, your truth, and, and it's fine because it, it's trivia. It's, it's not something of no consequence, right? Okay, you think, you know, catch up on mayonnaise on fries is horrible and i think you think it's false that it's good and i think it's true that it's good but who cares let's have our own truth. and obviously that's a crass example but there's other examples it, it can get there's many many examples where you can disagree on things and it's no big deal you can claim you can hold your truth on it and i can hold my truth on. It. it doesn't matter but on bigger issues uh you know that um mean kind of like can ultimately mean life and death for people or people's well-being well no there's no there's no my truth and your truth in those issues yeah. you have to come to an agreement you have to come to you have to you know you have have a similar same basis in terms of your perspective and your view on 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 life in the world and what's right and wrong effectively on kind of morality there has to be a, a common morality uh, and most people can get to that point if they have you know if they get through their differences and stuff, they'll agree if, if it's really an important point. But obviously people in positions of power don't don't need to do that, don't need to discuss it with, with the plebes, with the ordinary population. They make the decisions and their decisions are based on what's good for them in the moment. And what's true for them in the moment is what's, what's good for them in the moment is what's true and vice versa. Um, I just, before we go on to it, there's one other thing I didn't want to leave. We got off uh, LGBTQ month a bit too quick there. Um, uh, there's one from... Uh, I haven't said it yet um, this is from Ireland actually again, Ireland was in the first one and Ireland is in this one as well um, I thought it was you know, appropriate I had to do a double take on the, on the it's a flyer for Pride Dublin this year, this month and I had to do a kind of double take on the top you know all people are accepted at Dublin Pride, no matter if you're gay, trans, bi, or Ukrainian. <laughs> well, and they've incorporated the Ukrainian flag into the into the LGBTQ flag down the bottom there. You see I've the blue seen and the yellow
1: versions of that.
2: Yeah,
0: but but what do you make of that uh, that statement at the top there?
1: Well, again, a psychologist could you know have a field day. Yeah, totally. Because in, you're implicitly acknowledging that
0: certainly. Ukrainians are not, not, not quite con specific.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well yeah. remember, in Ukraine it's a minority of people who are nationalists. Right. M- most people there either speak Russian or totally fine with speaking Russian, appreciating Russia, have connections and family in Russia. It's f- it really is a minority. It's mm. and, and the more of you know, they're not all of that minority isn't so nuts, but quite a subset of them are stark wave and nuts.
0: Hmm.
1: Well, so that's the kind of
0: Well know, th- obviously I meant I interpret it in a kind of like a pejorative sense. I I wouldn't like someone to write that about about me. But anyway, I think what they're saying in that is that Ukrainians are special. They're special unicorn type people, right? At least now, for now, in the current climate. Yes, yeah, the current thing. They're, you have, they have to be treated with extra special concern and respect. You know, the outpouring of concern, supposedly, and love and support for Ukrainians. Well, that puts them in the same category as LGBTQ people who want the same thing for themselves, right? now, outpouring of respect and love and concern and money and weapons. Do they want weapons? Mm. The LGBTQ to, community? To, to love other people with, of course. Love people with the weapons. Um, um, yeah,
1: preferably really explosive weapons that, yes. can, that they can kill more Russians with and therefore love
0: more people with. You mm.
1: see? Yeah.
2: Okay.
0: That's good. Glad I got that one straight. Um, Do you know
1: the Germans are going to start sending weapons? Yeah, they probably already are, but they kind of caved a bit. And they said, okay, fine. We have sent the howitzers and the big guns and the tanks, the Panzer Division. They're going to send, apparently the first shipments are going to arrive in Ukraine on June 22nd.
0: Yeah. Well, the French are doing as well. The Americans are doing It's mainly longer. Did they, someone consciously choose that date or what? Do
1: you know what that date is? What date? That's the, that's the date of the Operation Barbarossa launch.
0: Right. Oh, it's only yeah, Yeah, they picked it as a nominal date. Oh, Obviously, yeah. I no think it was probably unconscious. That date,
1: yeah. You know, but that's kind of was worked into the headlines yeah. unconsciously. And the Russians are going to read that and go, mm. okay. Yeah, we get
0: it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, there's... I mean, there's... Well, bef- we can get on to Ukraine for a little, just for briefly, but um, um, in fact, this is a good introduction to, to Ukraine. This is from a recent Reuters article, the one I just sent you there, Scotty. <laughs> um, uh, the headline, maybe you need to zoom in on it, maybe not, but the headline or the sub—the the caption. Sub, caption says, a local resident inspects a damaged van following a military strike amid Russia's attack on Ukraine at, at a residential area in Kharkiv on June 8th. And you uh, see the little... His cat... <laughs> but there are no nazis in ukraine <laughs> i mean and that's randomly about, picked isn't like, there some kind of editorial oversight on the kind of pictures that go off on the like I, I think they took it down after people noticed it. <laughs> <laughs> a local resident of ukraine but th- this is the scary thing. with a swastika thing. tattooed on his arm
1: it's it's, it's amazing like you know They've been primed for the last 10 years to uh, to spot Nazis and Nazism in everything, in everything. Mm. The church, Trump, anything that remotely smacks of being not fully supportive of the government with lockdowns, yada, yada, yada. And then when it's freaking in their faces, you know, with the Kyle and the Nazi tats, yeah. they're like, I don't see that. Yeah. In fact, we welcome you, one of our minority. Come join our gay parade, Gay pride parade. In fact, come over and live in our house. Yeah. Come live in my. I want you to live in my house.
0: Yeah. Well, of course, not all. And Korean. that's.
1: But there's an example of where it gets dangerous. To actually move into the castle in the sky that's beamed out through the media, mm-hmm. people actually take action on that. Yeah. They end up with a crazy lesson. person in their house. Yeah. Who moves in and destroys their lives. Well, yeah. The, your obviously chances not all of them. If you take a any
0: Ukrainian <laughs> refugee. Uh, you know your chance, although it's mostly meant to be supposedly mostly women and children, right? Who are the refugees? But if you take, uh, you know, if you take a Ukrainian refugee into your house in in some other European country, you've uh, you probably have a statistically higher chance of them being in some way kind of like just because of of that picture that we saw and, and the prevalence relative pre- prevalence of uh, compared to other countries of of neo Nazi ideology in Ukraine, you've a uh, You run a higher risk compared to taking some other refugee into your house of a Ukrainian refugee holding some kind of right-wing extremist, white supremacist viewpoints, you know. Of course, not all of them by any stretch of the imagination, but still, you're running a higher risk on flags uh, and uh, insignia and symbolisms. I I just sent you Scotty, didn't I? Just before we get off, the. this is, again, for Pride Month. um, This is somewhere in the U.S., I believe. Uh, someone who's just doing the whole full gamut, you know, the trifecta Black Lives Matter, Ukraine. Oh, on the left side. Right. And uh, the the Pride flag. But interestingly, on the floor just below, maybe you want us to zoom in there, Scotty. <laughs> what is the dummy? Uh, <laughs> what the creepy. Oh. What
1: is that? It, it's like a mannequin with a, some kind of freaky mask.
0: No, it, it, well, it looks a bit uh, looks a bit satanic to me, but whatever. It looks like horned, uh, kind of Baphomet or the Goat of Mendez type character. It's it's the Goat of Mendes in a skirt. In a skirt. Hmm. Yeah, because I he's don't know. I wonder what the T-shirt LGBTQ. says or
1: whatever the shirt on it says. <coughs> anyway, probably something. Political and meaningful. Um,
0: yeah, well... It's a weird world we live in, you know? People...
1: This is why my only commentary, like... Um, uh, well, no, I better not say
0: it. <laughs> Don't say that, Neil.
1: Like, I just think... Yeah, okay.
0: It's... it's Just g- leave it, near. I'll just, just say,
1: it. it's, it's creepy how these things <coughs> blend together. With, you know... Effortlessly, effortlessly. It's it's. They didn't even get specific instruction. It's just they kind of. The way the programming works, they just seem to instinctively know what is mm-hmm. accepted and acceptable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're so authoritarians. That's what's the most remarkable about. I suppose when people began talking about the concept of authoritarians in the seventies, mm-hmm. their frame of reference was the reactionary Hitler attitude well not really it was actually more like the, the square people who were anti-hippie conservatives conservatives and so the whole frame of reference was well what keeps them so square why, why aren't they joining us on our, on our beautiful and flower our child world, yes. you know brave new world um, and you know the, the deep psychological analysis of it and they come up with what's his name's Book on the authoritarians, and it's, you know it was a good book because he has the a, a whole set of concepts and criteria you can think about when it comes to someone. You know, do they do they accept the word of authority blindly? Mm-hmm. Um, is what's on the nighttime news repeated mm-hmm. back to you? And when you're trying to explain nuances or context, right. are they just shutting down? And um, do they go to church? I.e., and that was explained as well they have a dependence on an external authority Mm -hmm. as opposed to you who are actually able to think and Mm -hmm. judge and have moral um, choices Mm -hmm. of your own. Yeah. Fast forward 50 years and like...
0: Well, back when that was written, it was associated with... Your automatic association was with conservative types, right? That they were the authoritarians. They were the ones who were blindly Mm -hmm. following uh, dictates and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, conservatives might have a certain, you know... Inclination or towards authoritarianism, but it ha- it has to be within certain certain uh, constraints. You know what I mean that that fit their conservative worldview, um, and they can quickly become anti anti authoritarian if any external power attempts to, you know, move away from their their values, their value system. Basically, they can quickly become that way. Right, but. Um, which But shows. today, it's the authoritarians are the are really the the more liberal type, as far as it as it's defined in in, in that book. Um, the authoritarians, uh, where they'll just blindly follow. Uh, Bob Altmer, yeah, Bob Altmer. Where li- liberal types or liberals, yeah, will tend to blindly follow, um, or, or will be more. It's not that they'll follow, but that that they're more influenced or more in, more easily influenced. They have no solid basis of our sense of their own authority that they don't need anybody to tell them how to live their lives it's more a liberal value today where they need big government they need an authority to tell them how to live their lives and then they try to use that authority or get that authority to push their own agenda you know what i mean they're they're more dependent so anybody who's an authoritarian or an authoritarian follower is someone who is dependent on uh authority in their lives too to structure our lives and to lead a life to a certain extent, and today that's obviously the. Uh, well, I think it has always been the more liberal mindset that that is m- m- most clearly defined by by that. You know. Um, anyway, um, still on Ukraine. Um, remember this. This is from March fourteenth. That was what? were like three weeks? Again, it's interesting. It's Ukraine. And it's conservatives, it's it's the whole narrative that that's going on that we're kind of talking about here. Um, this was Russian propaganda, This you probably remember this or came across it at the time. Uh, they talk about the biolabs, US-funded, uh, US owned, run, or whatever, biolabs in Ukraine, and that uh, the media, the, the liberal media, tried to, at the time, tried to associate talk of that with... "Quote unquote U.S. far right," and not only that, but if you look at the subheading, there, Russian and Chinese officials have also parsed the theory. So it's like everybody who doesn't agree with what the U.S. government uh, says is a, or anybody who says anything bad about the U.S. government or the U.S. establishment and what it wants, everybody believe then um, is either a U.S. far right or a Russian agent or a Chinese Chaicom or whatever. But So that's, that was from March, right? And the media was putting that out there. That's totally false. There's no such thing as there's no biolabs in, there's no U.S.-run biolabs in Ukraine. But then this one is from just a, few, a couple of days ago, three days ago, um, and it's from the U.S. Department of Defense. Just to give you an example of how detached the media is from reality, uh, when the, the U.S. Department of Defense itself, you used do a... Uh, uh, Control F on that, Scotty, and for 46, just the the numbers 4, 6. You see that the United States has also worked collaboratively, collaboratively to improve Ukraine's biological safety, security, and disease surveillance for both human and animal health, providing support to 46 peaceful Ukrainian laboratories, health facilities, and disease diagnostic sites over the last two decades, which is as much as you're going to get from the Department of Defense in terms of an admission that the USES for the last 20 years has been in one way or another facilitating, running, funding, working at um, biolabs in Ukraine. 46
1: yeah. of them. Yeah, but peaceful ones. Yeah, right?
0: but they throw peaceful in there, of course. They're always going to throw peaceful in. And
1: they had the pride flag <coughs> waving outside. Yeah.
0: Well, the, probably the US Department of Defense has a pride flag on its on its, uh, on its, on its Twitter account. <coughs> at least the, the, the UK Ministry of Defense has a, has a pride flag on its Twitter Twitter account. Um, So, yeah, it's just, you know, the media is just a bit of a joke, really. It has been for a very long time, so we need to do your own research and stuff. Um, Some
1: truly evil stuff coming out of Ukraine. Organ harvesting kids. Did you hear about that?
0: That always raises its head in any kind of conflict. It it?
1: has in Ukraine before now, though. Mm.
0: Has a place for it. Creepy stuff.
1: Well, there's nothing verifiable, of course, yeah. so I won't go on about it. But the more verifiable stuff is the shelling of schools. I mean, that's been mentioned before. Remember how that was the, the very first boy who cries wolf kind of thing where they cried false flag when a school was shelled at the beginning of this? Right. It, it's happened a lot since then. They, mm-hmm. they know what they're doing. Uh, they're also targeting, of course, others anywhere, civilian, internet, city, mm-hmm. Um the russians are right though that they know what they're doing this isn't th- the kind of as they retreat they're shelling whatever they can mm-hmm. um and sometimes it's targeted so schools aren't just randomly hit
0: They've, they they're also going to do it from a greater distance now because they have actually received uh US French and you were saying British soon or, or German soon but US French and British maybe but definitely US and French uh, longer range um self-propelled artillery that can that can you know target up to 70, 80 kilometres away, um, which they didn't have before. They only had, you know, in their own military, they only had shorter range uh, artillery pieces. Uh, But they've been supplied with the ability to target from a safe distance civilian infrastructure in Donetsk. They've been provided with the capability of doing that by the French and the Americans so far and also probably, well, definitely the British and the, the Germans, if not already, soon to be. So, yeah. And then they complain about uh, Putin's war. Like, I mean, <laughs> they're, they're, those people are obviously, in the West, are obviously facilitating this war. And make, they've said it themselves. To, they wanted to keep it going, to, to bleed Russia as much as possible. And it doesn't matter, you know, the whole idea of them fighting Russia to the last Ukrainian. It's absolutely true, you know. So. Um, they've been clearing up Azovstal.
1: Mm. Uh, Sputnik reports they found a military van (coughs) with the bodies of 152 dead militants um, of the regular AFU armed forces and Azov battalion. The van was Mm -hmm. booby-trapped, but they they caught this and defused it um, and captured Azov militants, said during interrogation by the Russian forces that the bodies were mined on the direct instructions of Kiev. Mm -hmm. So they were hoping, (coughs) this is what we suspected, part of the creepy standoff with moving into that site Mm -hmm. in Mariupol was that there was something, some kind of atrocity planned whereby the Russians would do something and then a load of bodies would spill out. Oh, look look what Russia just did. Hmm. So that's probably only one example of what they found.
0: They're were yeah, this is so grisly, but they're so but
1: in line with the other stuff. The bodies were
0: of, of regular soldiers, right? Yeah, yeah their yeah. own fighters. But that's probably ones that had either died so, as a sure. result of the fighting and stuff, and they just used them as a, you know, because they know ultimately the Russians are going to go in and kind of clean up the area, and they're going to find some bodies, and they're going to try and repatriate the bodies or send them back to Kiev, and they just don't give a shit about the bodies of their own soldiers, so they just booby-trap them, and, yeah. That's, that's the kind of thing you're dealing with, you know. Um in 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 Ukraine, yet I mean the situation in Ukraine right now is not it's progressing. I mean, we kept probably if you if you remember back on on previous shows, we've talked about uh, generally speaking, we haven't talked in depth about anything going on in Ukraine in, in the actual conflict, other than just an update on the progress if there was anything to, to mention. After Mariupol fell, the battle now is for you know clear, basically securing all of the the donbass the eastern region, and that's progressing, and that's been like we've said repeatedly. This was a plan that was developed many months before probably you could even suggest years before uh, the actual conflict began, and the Russians had a plan, and they knew it was going to likely to take a certain period of time which and I've mentioned before that the kind of only real intimation that uh, the Russians the Russians gave of how long it would take was that as soon as it began, Putin mentioned in in response to the the sanctions that were imposed by the west, he said we need to uh, uh, prepare to deal with this um, these sanctions, we need to restructure and deal with these sanctions, until at least 2023. <clears throat> and that obviously is directly tied to the actual conflict, which suggests that they, had, they knew that this was going to be at least uh, around at least a one-year conflict, that, mm. that their plan, uh, to implement their plan, to achieve their goals in Ukraine was going to take a year. Now you've heard exactly the opposite of that from day one from the Western media and from governments that it was meant to be a three-day trip Kiev and it's completely feel like your guy Coughlin in the Telegraph. It's just a joke. It, the level of ignorance and stupidity, and, and that's one of the things we try and, we're try we trying to figure out is like, we periodically try, you know, make an effort to try and understand from these people whether they believe it themselves or whether they're just, whether they're consciously catapulting the propaganda. And it's anybody's guess, really. It depends on the person, you know. But uh, on previous so- shows, you've said clearly that
1: the Ukrainian military side is directed. Has, there's a direct hand, operational hand, coming from mm-hmm. the Pentagon mm-hmm. slash Western military. That's a plane that's a nose in your face. Plane is the nose in your face. Well, New York Times puts out an article last week that, um, that got some attention because the headline is, U.S. lacks a clear picture of Ukraine's war strategy. <clears throat> officials say, so they were trying to say, you know, unlike other countries, like in the article, they say Russia's tactics. you yeah, know, we, long, we know we we know what they're up to. Ukraine, we're not so sure about.
0: It. Do they even have a plan? Well, that's just that's tantamount to to saying that they're that they're in disarray. They don't have a plan. That that this. This war was never meant to be won. It was understood even from the beginning that, that, that by, the, by the people in Ukraine and Zelensky and, and his types that uh, it was never about winning a war against Russia. Was, they were fully on board with the American plan, and this ultimately is an American plan, uh, or a Western plan at least, but certainly America is in the lead, to uh, wage a war, a kind of war of attrition um, against Russia, bleed Russia, Fight Russia to the last Ukrainian, and do as all sorts—you know—see what they could achieve and what they could do under the under that umbrella of, or in the context of a war occurring, what they could do to uh, to not just screw over Russia or defeat Russia in in some other way, or make it painful or difficult for Russia, but also to make it. It seems we we have to accept that it seems that somewhere part of the plan, allowing some agency and intelligence to these people, is that they must have known that uh, that, that what's happening right now in terms of the, the blowback on Europe, you know, the burgeoning blowback on Europe and the US was going to happen as well. And they carried on doing it. Mm-hmm. And they continue to carry on doing it. They continue to carry on causing price hikes in, in, in energy and, in, and uh, in, you know, possibly grain shortages and maybe famine in Africa and that kind of stuff. And they're doing that they 're actively involved in doing in, in, in creating that reality, creating that situation was that they just if they simply just said listen russia 's going to win anyway why don 't we just get it over as quickly as possible, minimize the damage and then you know to, to everybody you know that would be a, an intelligent that would be a, a rational approach to it, but obviously they have a different agenda but I mean, they, and they 're not so stupid that they don 't know or didn 't suspect that there would be this kind of blowback on um, on themselves, on their own people, hmm. unless you want to...
1: So Ukrainian forces, when they make <clears> decisions about who to send, where, how to resist, how to fi- where to draw back, that's not Kiev's choices. Operational choices are someone else.
0: At this point, they're entirely dependent on Western, Western weapons supplies. Hmm. So, of course, yeah. the West has right. massive input on how those are used. You know, Because
1: this New York Times <clears> article was going out, this point was going out of its way to say that... Cite U.S. intelligence sources saying that um, Kiev doesn't tell us everything. Yeah. We have blind spots. I thought that's completely flies in the face of the assumption we've worked off, uh, which makes me think it's probably fake news. It's probably maybe Biden may not have every yeah for heads sure up from for sure Kiev, people
0: who speak publicly from intelligence it's
1: but U.S. deep state right. oper- they know
0: they know where it's going and what's likely to happen. It's, yeah. it's
1: their war, baby. Um, and, and, and
0: speaking of Zelensky. We got a link there, but just on the same topic, <laughs> it's interesting just to to tie the ties between Russia and, or sorry, Ukraine and the US. Just throw one up. Check that out.
1: Saw that. I Was going to post it myself. Washington Post from yesterday. Zelensky calls for international support for Taiwan before
0: China attacks. Who who's he worked for? Is he is he like? Has he moved to Washington DC and is he like See, he uh, behind well. the podium? I mean, really, that little twerp. There he is.
1: On he's a massive he like, screen again, he's, he's popping up. It, the conference was—I uh, looked it up. He—he was, he was speaking at um, the media said, "Oh, it's an—it's an it's Asian—it's an Asian summit of defense leaders. It, it's actually run by a British think tank. Mm-hmm. It was held in Singapore. Call it Asian, yeah. Singapore, as if it's not like Asia proper. Um, no offense. Um, it's a British think tank." get together and then they beam him in mm-hmm. to give him exactly what the cia wants to hear mm-hmm. vis-a-vis china Taiwan. so yeah he's such a puppet
0: so he started calling for weapons for his own country and now he's calling out for weapons for taiwan so he's calling on america to supply not only his country with more weapons but also taiwan with more weapons is he like the leader of the free world is he, he kind of is the new leader of the free world right so they certainly presented him as such
1: well he's reinfor- he 's reinforced he doesn 't know it, but he 's reinforcing the linkage between the two mm-hmm. and that if if there 's a grand strategy at work it 's what 's been surmised properly, i think by some commentators that Ukraine is the first step to containing Russia in quotes whatever to whatever they consider success on that front to be, and the next one is Taiwan China. Mm-hmm. This all grand strategies, grand chessboard stuff, and he's speaking for Western intelligence when mm-hmm. he links the two together, mm-hmm. you know. Um,
0: you had something there you were going to... Well,
1: you know, the narrative of how the war in Ukraine is going, mm-hmm. we've noticed a shifting. Um, even in some respects, they're start, starting to throw Zelensky under the bus, but... What's interesting is that away from the headlines and the saturation of bullshit in the, the media that most people you know, absorb because that's all they see, when you go to look, <clears throat> it is interesting that objective reality is actually discussed. So mm-hmm. here is... <clears throat> can't remember how I found it, but uh, I suppose if you take the time and go to the website of the Council on Foreign Relations... In that rarefied atmosphere, you'll find that they're actually r- discussing reality. Mm-hmm. So the this is the transcript of a, I believe it was a, te- not televised, but Zoom meeting debate or something, chaired by Richard Haas. Richard Haas was a former NATO guy, a former U.S. ambassador, blah, blah, blah. He's now the president of the Council on Foreign Relations, and he's discussing it with, like, generals and stuff. So if you do a search, Scotty, for right now, it'll have the key passage I want to show. Okay, so the person talking here, you see the beginning of that paragraph, Twitty. Twitty is a retired U.S. general, now, you know, probably a consultant, or has his own consultancy, what they all do after leaving the Pentagon. So, from this passage, midway through this paragraph, we get the actual view of what's going on in Ukraine. Right now, when you take a look at Ukraine, and you take a look at Russia, they're about one-to-one. He's talking there about comparable parity in armed forces. That, Delusional. No, no, I think that's correct. In numbers of personnel. Okay, yeah, yeah. The only difference is Russia has a heck of a lot more combat yeah, power. Right, buttons, right. Yeah. And ability and logistics behind them. that view. is that is an actual, the first time I've seen, aside from like Scott Ritter describing it and others who are sharp, you know, and outside so-called, you know, in the conspiracy realm, the first time I've seen someone in the the DC think tank, Beltway, actually describe the situation on the ground. Okay, so the paragraph after go, that...
0: Go back to our, just before that, in that paragraph at the beginning, it says, well, as I, t- as I take a look at this, at this, Secretary Austin came out that we're going to weaken Russia. We have not really defined what weaken means. Because if you look at blah, 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 and then he says the party of, of manpower, but Russia with much more combat power. And go ahead.
1: So in the next paragraph, um, he's waffling a bit, but the key part he says there is, there's no way that the Ukrainians will ever have enough combat power to kick the Russians out of Ukraine.
0: And so he wants to know what does that looked like in the end game so what, what is this weakening of Russia he's talking about this, this guy's questioning he wants to know you know the whole idea about this war was that we would get involved in it and use it to weaken Russia
1: yeah and, rem- and remember um, but
0: what? right now it doesn't look like it's happening for so three months
1: mean? everyone was told Ukraine is winning they're going to push yeah. them back and they're going to go all the way to Moscow and kick right.
0: Putin's That's ass part of the propaganda
1: in the real world, they're not agno- this. They, they acknowledge in the yeah. council of foreign relations. Well, of course, dis- but we've inter- talked about this before,
0: where we, we say that all that talk yeah. about about Ukraine winning and all that kind of stuff was simply f- to to g up and to boost morale yeah. in in the Ukrainians and Western populations because everybody wants to be on the winning side, right? If everybody if you start putting it right from the very beginning, oh, this war is just we, it should never even have started. Like Russia is just gonna going stay. They're gonna get what they want. Ukrainians are gonna die on mass. It's a completely pointless war. What's the point? We shouldn't do it. We shouldn't be uh, helping it or you know sending weapons. whatever. Whatever you put that out and tell everybody that that this is a it's a foregone conclusion that Ukraine's going to lose. Nobody wants to be the on the losing side, so you have to present that as we're the winning side to get people at least for a period of time to get them uh, to get them to back it. You know, um, <clears throat> blah blah blah. Yeah, <laughs> they probably don't actually answer the question in that article. What <clears throat> what Can what? I touch in with you. What do you think is the What's going to happen
1: in Ukraine? What, what, what do you see as the Ukrainian goal
0: for Russia? Ukrainian goal for Russia?
1: Yeah, what, 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 is their, what do they want to see there? We, we, we've stated it before, but I'm wondering if, if it's changed or if you're adapting it as, what as u- time goes
0: What do Ukrainians want?
1: No, what, what Russia wants. Okay, what Russia wants Partition from of Ukraine? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, we said down the, down the Dnieper River, more or less, and along the Black Sea coast.
1: Okay. Leaving a landless at that Western point, Ukraine. But the,
0: uh, 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 landlocked. Landlocked, yeah. And once they do that, once they've you know, effectively defeated the, 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 you know, destroyed all of the military and a lot of the industrial, let's say, at least in the West, infrastructure that fuels the war um, allows them to, to you know mount a, a resistance. Once that's done, uh, the government will, co- will fall, the government will collapse and, you know, who knows what will happen in Western Ukraine. That's why there's been all this talk about <clears throat> Poland taking back some land in western, and hungry, in western Ukraine and stuff, you know, so they're, they're, they're toying with all the, those ideas. And the fact they're even talking about that shows again what you're just saying, which is that they've known for a very long time that this was going in one direction, and one direction only. But it's all good because, like we've said again repeatedly on the show, and lots of other people, and most people should know it, is that war is an end in itself for the for the people who wage it, especially the ones who don't actually go to war but wage it. Uh, they're the ones who are making a lot of money off the war and an opportunity to... You know, it's called... Cre- wasn't the term creative destruction? It's creative destruction. It's all good. For certain people, It's war is has no downsides whatsoever.
2: Hmm.
0: And people don't understand that, but... It's hard to understand because not very... It doesn't... You know, it sounds like a, something a crazy person would... You know, you'd normally think that that's, that's the the thoughts of the domain or the attitude of a a crazy person but uh, well maybe it is actually Um, but people don't allow for the fact that the people that are running the show here are effectively crazy you know it's very hard for people to really take that seriously and say yeah those people are crazy but they don't mean it but they need to start considering that they are in a certain sense not in the kind of clinical sense um, crazy as in they're not they're not you know running around the streets naked or (laughs) <laughs> uh, other than not that at, um pride parades or anything like that, but they are in a certain sense very very uh, very much very in a very real way crazy um so and talk- well, actually yeah i'll give you an i'll give you an example of um of what i mean uh and and of course we don't have to go very far to um We don't have to look very far to find the crazies, and we don't, uh, and it's not, and somewhere we've looked before for crazy people, Poland. Oh, Uh,
1: disguised. Yeah.
0: So this is a Polish foreign minister, and he claims that the West has a right to give Ukraine nukes, specifically to dissuade Russia. Um, Well, actually, specifically so that it can protect its independence. Now, think about how crazy and, detached from reality, which is, I suppose, the definition of crazy, have to be to think that at this point, in a, in a conflict where Russia actually initiated the conflict, invaded Ukraine, because of the threat of Ukraine getting weapons, including nuclear weapons, he thinks now it's a good idea to give Poland or Ukraine nuclear weapons that that's going to make things all better or something. I mean, it just boggles the mind. I mean, there's no nuance to this. You know what I mean? There's no, no in-depth analysis that he's done. He's just straight up, he, he's saying, give Ukraine nuclear weapons so it can protect its independence, when the whole reason the conflict is occurring is because that's where it was going to go, you know? Uh, Ukraine was new. So his solution to the, to to the conflict is the thing that caused the conflict. Yeah, and that's it. Okay. So well, yeah.
1: He's he's um, he's an MEP now, and he's married to Anne Applebaum. Mm-hmm. That's the beautiful marriage of. She's of course a descendant Polish Jewish emigre from Tsarist Russia times. Mm-hmm. She's one of those I mentioned earlier who are steeped. In a, cult, a kind of subculture, neocon mostly, of like violently anti-Russia, mm-hmm. who rose up to the ranks in the U.S. of foreign policy and Washington think tanks, and, mm-hmm. you know, and Applebaum marries back across, hand across the water, you know, she mm-hmm. marries back across to a, an actual pole from the homeland, who <coughs> obviously has the same worldview as her. And you get this marriage of modern European Union, he's now an MEP with the kind of modern United States, neocon, Russia must die
0: attitude. Bizarre mind virus he's got. Um, I'm just going to run through a couple of other things. Uh, Stick that one up, Scotty. You thought it was gone, Neil, but it's not. I'm sorry to have to tell you.
1: Is it the ninth wave?
0: Leading scientists warned country will be hit by a new wave this month of, of course, COVID. We will have a new wave of infections this month, says Professor Christina Pagel, desperately trying to remain relevant. Um, so yeah. lockdowns. Well, the interesting thing as well is... No,
1: monkeypox was the new thing.
0: No, COVID. COVID was always a... COVID the one. Like, monkeypox co- was never really going to... It sounds too stupid, you know, monkeypox. People just don't believe it. Um, the interesting thing about, well, related to COVID, obviously, and, and this kind of bullshit is, um, you know, Justin Bieber. Oh yeah, Justin Bieber. And uh, um, oh, sorry, that's the wrong one, Scotty. Um, Oops. Uh, 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 sorry. Well, actually, <laughs> we can keep that for later. Um, just, what do you know about Justin Bieber? He's like
1: the most popular musician yeah. among the. <laughs> the kids these days, or
0: who kids love him. Uh, well, apparently Justin Bleiber has had to cancel concert concerts because he has Ramsey-Hunt syndrome, which is pretty much the same as Bell's palsy, where one side of your face is paralyzed. Yeah. So it's not very good for singing. Uh, it's due to a viral reactivation, and it's one of 60 causes of facial palsy. Um. And it's caused by the same virus, which causes chickenpox. And it's also a compli- complication of shingles. Now, for anybody who knows anything about COVID and effects of uh, vaccines, mRNA vaccines, those words, Bell's palsy, shingles, and uh, reactivation of viruses and stuff, know that you know, there's a lot of evidence that, that those are side effects of mRNA vaccine, mRNA vaccinations, including Bell's palsy. Don't mention the vaccine, Joe. Um, but the interesting thing is that Justin Bleiber so he's has had reactivation of a virus that's um, related to chickenpox and a complication of shingles, and so he can't sing anymore and he's cancelled his tour. But this is his wife, Haley Baldwin Bleiber and I'm saying Bleiber on purpose, just in case anybody thinks him. Uh, and we'll hear what she has to say.
3: They did come to the conclusion of why they think I had a blood clot in the first place. And the conclusion that all of the doctors came to was three different things. Uh, One was that I had just recently started birth control pills, which I should have never been on because I am somebody who suffered from migraines anyway, and I just did not talk to my doctor about this. So ladies, if you suffer from bad migraines and you plan on being on birth control pills, make sure you tell your doctor because having a stroke is a potential side effect from birth control pills. The second thing was I had recently had COVID and Mm -hmm. that was something that they um, thought was Mm -hmm. a contributing factor. And then the Mm -hmm. third thing was that I had recently gone on a really long flight. I had flown to Paris and back Mm. in a very short amount of time and I slept through the whole flight both ways. Didn't get up and move around, never Thought about wearing compression socks. So compression basically, socks. all of the doctors came to the conclusion that it was a perfect storm that led to me having a small blood yeah. clot. And
0: absolutely, and absolutely has conclusion. nothing to so do with the fact that you are like triple bags deposit there. So it's basically she got a she had a stroke. So her her husband Justin Bleiber has a partially paralyzed face. Uh, Bell's palsy, effectively uh, reactivation of viruses. Um, she got a stroke. She young, young, thirty something. She's twenty eight. Twenty eight. Twenty eight. Healthy, sporty person who got had a stroke, and um, and it's pr- possibly because she didn't wear contention socks on on a on a, on a flight mm-hmm. to Paris. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Or some other, any other random assorted uh, reasons. Uh, people people in her case, who, who people in her case who had COVID, young, healthy, sporty, no history of any illnesses, don't get strokes from having COVID. You get a, you get flu-like symptoms. Anyway, I just thought it was interesting that the, that which shall not be mentioned was not mentioned there. <laughs> they were
1: both squashed by the elephant in the room, but they still don't see the elephant. Right. Yeah. But this again speaks to what what people see and don't see, like. Mm. Because you know, of what they're told, you can have Nazi tattoos in your face, but the guy at Reuters putting that up as an example of why Putin's a Hitler—you mm.
2: know—can't
1: see it. it. He actually can't see it. He's been—it's a kind of a hypnosis effect, you know, where you can actually they can hypnotize people to not see something. Right. They've been hypnotized to not see something.
0: Mm. Yeah. So uh, that other tweet that uh, I sent you by Alexander, Durskali—that's just from—you uh, can throw it up if you want. It's kind of interesting. Um, can you do full screen on that as well? Anyway, this is at the Washington DC it's a result of what we talked about in a previous show, the, the shooting in Uvalde, Texas and the stuff that has been going on since then about cancelling guns and um, since then Canada banned all handguns. I don't think we mentioned that. Yeah. Canada banned all the sale of all all, all weapons, basically, all all guns. Um, yeah. as a result of a shooting in Uvalde, Texas, Canada bans the sale of weapons and it's not a problem because in Canada, most people, if you're not into hunting or whatever, you probably don't want a weapon. You don't have a weapon. You're not thinking of buying one anytime soon. But this was a, one, a response to that to that shooting um, just from, I think it might have been yesterday. Anyway, it's a rally in uh, D.C. Um, they in were the held all over the country, take, but yeah, this was D.C. Yeah. Take back our, you know, stop. Ban guns, basically. And it's funny because uh, I don't actually know what caused them to do this, but... Um, they did it. Maybe someone shouted Putin or something, or
1: I read that someone threw something at the stage and it made a noise, not, not
0: a gun, but like a water balloon. Something. a pebble. I ah, just play. It's only a few seconds.
2: Every day for auto-
0: Oops, fight every day for our
2: auto- Yo. Yeah.
0: What you doing? Um, that could have been so much worse. Of course, yeah. But it's interesting for me. It just spoke to this uh, the, the, the the sorry state of America. At least in that respect, where you go to any gathering and that can be provoked, um, uh, you know, by almost by nothing or by anything, really. And it's because of the prevalence of mass shootings, in, and, and, and that's a part of the American psyche now. That maybe in the back of their minds, maybe they're not consciously aware of it, but in the back of their minds, everybody is is aware of that that threat. 100%. That's a real and present danger. Prime, and anything can just set they, them off.
1: They live in terror, mm. and it's it's barely suppressed. And the slightest thing going off, then that terror is like right there. But that's that's a result of terrorism, mm. and it's not just a war on terror and the uh, the boogaboo stories about you know neck beards and foiled plots mm. and stuff it's it's all everything all, all of right. it it's the mass shootings everything they are in this headspace now where it's they go straight into panic mode
0: yeah yeah and are you going to talk about your thing my thing yeah yeah well okay so one more thing since we did the one more little snippet I'm just doing well, news bites here and then we can go into that yeah it's uh, it's just I just FYI, from the World Economic Forum, which you know we should all be very um, attentive to these days because you know Klaus Schwab, our glorious leader, um, he knows what's what's what and what we need. And I just thought it was interesting. uh, And how they put it out there?
1: He will make us happy.
0: Yeah. Well, actually, happy is in the actual title. Um, So. Remember you were going to be own nothing mm. and be happy? Well, now, according to the World Economic Forum, you won't even be happy either. You just own nothing and be miserable, or you don't need to be happy because you don't need to be happy to have a good life. And, in fact, your life doesn't even need to be meaningful. Your life can be meaningless and unhappy, and it can still be a good life. You'll own nothing Live a meaningless, unhappy life and you'll be, it'll be a good life. Well, about a billion Um, Westerners are already there. Well, it's bizarre that they would even put that. I mean, for for like all of human history, right? Uh, And the fact, especially the meaningful part, good life doesn't need to be meaningful. Um, Pretty much all of the collective experience of all human beings that have ever lived argues against, against that. Uh, so it's a kind of bullshit that it just gives you an idea of what whoever it is or, or what the world economic forum is 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 about. The fact that they would put that out there, something so obtuse and ignorant and stupid, you know, and, and the fact the idea that they have any influence over people, what people think and what they do, and you know, apparently they do. I don't know if they have any direct influence. We, we obviously we don't know the ins and outs of of how those networks actually function, but. Uh, World Economic Forum has loomed large over the past few years. And uh, <coughs> Klaus Schwab has been, Klaus Schwab has been, you know, catapulted to the, the top of the news feed very often and stuff. So someone wants him and what he espouses, which is apparently that, i.e., mm. good life isn't meaning, meaningful and it's not even happy. A good life is, you know, sitting at home, owning nothing with a feeding tube uh, down your down the throat and a virtual reality headset on and uh, a direct neural link up to Klaus Schwab's uh, voice, basically. That's 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 a good life, Neil. That's a good life. That's what we're going for. That's what we all want. Don't you want it, Neil? <laughs> uh, so I, I thought it was interesting that
1: Davos kicked off early June, and I'm you know usually a bit of a news hound, but I didn't realize until about ten days later that at the same time in Washington D.C. The Bilderberg Group, we met for the first time in two years.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you just had the Council of Foreign Relations up there as well.
1: Council of, well, okay. That pops
0: up. All but the they know they, they
1: publish materials. Yeah. Bilderberg Group, no, it's Chatham House Rules. Whatever's talked about stays there. That's uh, what they, they do it. publish. They used to publish uh, a rough list of the topics that would be discussed at least. But, you know, <sighs> it's it's... Part of the schizoidal nature of the West is, you know, we're open, we're open society, you mm. know, as George, George Soros says. Everyone should be like us don't because we are open. And then there's a Bilderberg group. and
0: They only meet at Bohemian Grove, though, don't they?
1: No, they meet, they change it every year. Yeah. They haven't met since COVID, but now the back, of course, is in Washington, D.C., under heightened security, you know.
0: Moloch.
1: Moloch. please Moloch. I don't know what they talk about, but. It's still there. Praise Baphomet. Um, I want to say something else on domestic U.S. politics. Um, This week, there was a January 6th. It's Pride Month. It's also January 6th month. Nancy Pelosi is hosting, like, it's not even a proper Senate hearing. It's a House Select Committee.
0: Do they have a flag? January 6th month? They should have one. Probably. It's probably... American flag upside down?
1: Trump behind bars or something. Mm. Um, it's the first of a series of public hearings thoroughly controlled by the Democrat Party on the insurrection. The insurrection! Let's not say anymore. We still have a strike just from doing a show on that event. Yeah. But I just want to note that um, it was aired on every network, the whole two hours of it. You know, all kinds, all programming was interrupted to show this. We interrupt someone did a side by side of the six you know six or so main broadcasters. And it's the same feed. So I thought like well, you know the thing they hit authoritarian countries with. Mm. Oh, it's state TV. Mm. This is Russian state affiliated. Mm-hmm. BBC always going on about well, you know this is some a Russian state TV source. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the implication being we have free media, they don't. Mm-hmm. And like here's a political. A stage. It's not even like an actual hearing where there's rebuttal. Uh, in, normally, in a in a Senate committee hearing, uh, up at the front, there they've got senators both sides, and they get to question the testimony that's brought forward and stuff. This is just pure railroading, you know, of mm-hmm. of the truth about January sixth, the insurrection.
0: Um, but so it wasn't any kind of an investigation? It was just a, a No, It's record. just a
1: recital of... It's all, Here's what happened. It's a recital of the facts, in Lest, quotes, of what were reported <clears throat> that day. That Lest we forget. There was a bloody insurrection. No mention of the fact that the four police officers who died, in quotes, at the time, were whittled down to one who died because of other reasons. Um, no mention of the actual protester who was killed, mm-hmm. Ashley Babbitt you know it's um it's an example of how you, you build a castle in the sky and you move into it and you just don't move and it's amazing how it can it can withstand the interrogation of just you know reality there've been there've been some good investigations since then there've been a lot of um piece by piece um dismantling of the claims that were made at the time, like mm-hmm. the four dead police officers mm-hmm. got whittled down to one who mm-hmm. actually died because he had a stroke or something mm-hmm. or he was stressed or something. No one ever actually killed him. Mm. But it, the, the facts don't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, no,
0: yeah. It's don't def- let them get in the way of a good narrative, right? A good found, found, so foundation
1: That's going on. narrative. Something else that happened last in week is Republic. that Peter Navarro, he's an economist in the US, he was briefly the trade secretary under Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, he was arrested at the airport last week on an internal flight. He was going from D.C., I think, to Nashville or something. And he's still under arrest. They shackled him in public. Um, and ostensibly, it's for contempt of Congress for refusing a subpoena issued by this January 6th committee. Right. Um, he's that. That's really like, ooh, the, the political situation in the U.S. is is hair, yeah. Obviously we know socially it's extremely divisive mm-hmm. on on all the issues. But when it comes down to the nitty gritty of specific personnel, like coming after him, he's in no way you know the the other guy they have currently under arrest, I think, he's going on trial next month, Steve Bannon. At mm-hmm. least Steve Bannon, you know
0: you can, reason- can
1: reasonably hold him up as being <clears throat> having agitator. extreme Views and no one likes him on the left, right? Right. But Peter Navarro, he's he's an economist and an author. Mm. You know, he's in no way someone who you could accuse of being like a rabid activist, much less an activist. Period. Uh, He's gone back to whatever he's doing, lecturing or something. And he was due to give a TV appearance that night, and uh, they arrested him. And the only follow-up stories about this are that um, they leaked what he said to the arresting officers, which he says. Well, okay, you know, he was polite to them, they were polite to him, and he said to them, at least you guys are kind Nazis. Hmm. <laughs> so um, that's yeah, the ass American politics right now. And yeah, that's someone to watch. Bannon goes on trial next month. Will they actually put him in a slammer like they did with um, others? Less high profile, you know? Mm-hmm. It's probably all been done with a view to. Sending messages, cutting off because after twenty twenty two this year midterm elections, then begins the next election cycle, which is the presidential cycle, mm-hmm. and is Trump going to run or not? You know. So yeah, that's the the war in the U.S.
0: What about twenty thirteen?
1: Yeah, um, this uh, this
0: is just a piece of trivia.
1: That may have This is something that happened, and maybe we commented on at the time, maybe not. Um, someone wrote up this uh, Twitter thread on the basic facts of what happened. So recently, people have noticed that an incredible amount of major food distribution depots in the United States caught fire, had planes crash into them all kinds of strange events. And what stood out simply was that so many of these things were happening all at once, you know. Mm -hmm. And that uh, brings up the issue of kind of a willful, an element of willful destruction behind what's going (coughs) on. (coughs) Creative destruction. Creative Destruction. destruction. Well, let's have a look at this Twitter thread. In April 2013, a team of gunmen opened fire on the Metcalf power substation in San Jose, California. They disabled...
0: In s- just under 10 minutes.
1: Very quickly disabled 17 transformers and caused millions of damage. Okay, let's scroll down. I won't read the whole thing, but... Except just it's so not a terror attack, yeah. Um, it was pretty major for California because it provides most of the Santa Clara Valley with power, including Silicon Valley the attackers are still unknown. They were never caught and the motive is still unknown. Um Timeline attack, at about yeah. one AM at night, fiber optic cables were cut nearby. The substation lost internet and phone service. Okay, scroll down. A surveillance camera, this is the only evidence footage, it's very brief. It's mm-hmm. not even either. worth playing, it's just like a very short, um, s- almost like a series of still images where you see the sparks of a gun coming from left. You can play that guy. That's it. Nope. Oh yeah, a couple of times. They probably have more footage. Who knows? They never released it. Um, what was interesting is the detail there that um, a signal. From they think there was a signal from a wave flashlight, and then the muzzle of flash from rifles, we saw there. (coughs) So, scroll down again. The call went out um, from somebody working at the plant.
0: Motion sensors detected, (coughs) possibly the bullets grazing the fence.
1: The first bank of transformers riddled with bullet holes and having leaked 52,000 gallons of oil, overheated, whereupon... Uh, the company p g and e 's control center, about ninety miles north, received an alarm. okay, scroll down uh, about an hour into it, there was another flashlight signal marking the end. more than a hundred expended
0: um, bullet cases
1: bullet cases Rifle were cases. later found at the site. Officers arrived one fifty one a m notice that 's just one minute after these guys signaled dump we 're done we 're out of here." They found everything quiet. They were unable to get past the locked fence and saw nothing <laughs> seeing nothing suspicious. they left okay in the subsequent investigation, it became incredibly clear how professional of an operation this was of the hundred plus shell casings all had been wiped clean of fingerprints there was also there were also stacks of rocks found all over the sites, commonly used to gauge firing distance. Presumably, they were spotters. done beforehand. <coughs> the, scroll down again. <coughs> they knew exactly where to attack, shooting directly at the cooling fans, the weakest part of the transformer. They knew where to dig to disable fiber optic cables and the location of every every camera. There are still exists no footage of how the government entered the site. In the months following the attack, the US government, blah, 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 ran a simulated attack on the electrical grid. Scroll down, it probably doesn't mention this incident. Um, following the report, number of improvements made, blah, blah, blah. Uh, in 2014, the site was raided. A team cut the fence and entered the site undetected, stealing copies of, I think he meant to say, maintenance and exercise reports. Mm-hmm. To put this in context, Metcalf was not one, but two attacks. Two, he calls them terror attacks, whatever, on a critical piece of infrastructure. The attacks were carried out likely by a team of special forces experienced, operating undetected and using unconventional weaponry. And we still have no idea why. Well, there was an investigation in 2015, so two years later. Um, I'll send it to you now. This is reported by CNN, although they got it from the AP. Headline, sniper attack on California power grid may have been an insider, Department of Homeland Security says. And indeed, on the Wikipedia page, that's where I got that from. You'll see that they conclude insiders. Now, why and who, we'll get there in a sec. Let's just note, though, we have to speculate because it was an open and shut case. It happened. There were multiple snipers. It caused a problem that had to be fixed. That's a fact. But that's the only explanation thereafter as to what the hell happened, you know? Mm. Um, we'll return to it now, but what's happened? April 23rd, and you cast your mind back. Well, can you imagine if this something similar-ish had happened in more recent years most likely, the first headline reports would have connected it with a foreign country, probably Russia mm-hmm. or similar. Well, let's, let's fast forward a bit then. Um, this is a report from December 2020 in USA Today. Headline, white supremacists plotted to attack U.S. electric grid by shooting into power stations, FBI says. What's interesting is that their information for making this claim, the FBI said, was because they had caught on some internet chat room an Ohio teenager who allegedly shared the plan um, and that they were going to go operational on this plan, quote, if President Donald Trump were to lose his re-election bid. Right. Okay. Um, Let me just give a couple more. That's 2020. Obviously, other things were going on 2020. No one noticed it. But this is from this year, 2022. (laughs) January this year. Headline, extremists have developed, quote, credible specific plans to attack the U.S. power grid. DHS warns, says a new warning. (laughs) Extremists. Well, that's a bit more vague. Okay. So there have been other incidents in these last 10 years. Remember back about three years ago, um, the major pipeline that links the Gulf of Mexico with the U.S. Northeast went offline and the first reports about it said cyber attack and Russia in the headlines mm-hmm. in some form or another. And the media ran with that for about two days mm-hmm. until Biden himself, if it was Biden himself, it must be after his election. So when did this happen? Anyway, I remember Biden, whoa, 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 we don't have, he t- turned it down on accusing Russia, but you were still left with the fact that something had happened to disable the major oil pipeline in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, Who done it? You know, Uh, lastly, in this kind of thread, and we can return to Metcalf, last week, this is the reason I actually went down this wee rabbit hole or memory hole. The news that caught my eye was that last week there was a major fire at um, the largest LNG terminal in the United States, also Gulf of Mexico at Freeport. Freeport is their main export site for LNG shipped to Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first news you got about it, it was all a wrap, you know. There's been a fire. It's okay. It's under control. Okay. So you think, well, no big, no biggie. But it's the fact that it's such a key terminal mm-hmm. playing such a key role at this time. At this time yeah. And they could immediately tell us, you know what? Sorry, but for the next three weeks, so there's still two weeks to go. For the next three weeks, there'll be no shipments of LNG coming out of that place,
0: mm-hmm. which put puts a bit of dent in the plans. To imagine sh- to you to replace Russian Russian that you want to to
1: the market, replace Russian
0: gas to Europe with LNG from the US—that's the whole plan, right? Well, that was the plan, right? So that's that's not exactly helping, right? So if that was sabotaged by some another insider or whatever, what's the? It's obviously not just about Russia; it's about. It's about, you know, if you want to go there, the the, the the explanation will be that someone somewhere in positions of power or whatever in the West, obviously, wants to squeeze, wants to create or, or orchestrate or engineer, uh, uh, what would you call it? Well, an energy crisis, obviously, but that directly impacts people's standard of living. Uh, and security, basically energy security and food security. Someone um, would like that to happen, would like to see that happening. And, of course, we don't have to rely on that hypothesis for evidence of that. We just talked earlier on about the fact that the people who are waging this war in in the West against Russia in Ukraine have to have known that the effect of their so-called sanctions uh, on Russia would cause as much... A hardship for people in Europe and America as it would for Russia, and in fact probably more yeah so that, I mean if they 're willfully doing that, then it means that they either you know intend that to happen or they simply don 't care that it 's going to happen because their main priority is making money and and you know pursuing their little their little plans you know um, yeah yeah, and that ties into the to the um, the Transformer, where was it again? What's it called? Metcalf. Metcalf. The Metcalf Transformer maybe that might have been a, a, a trial run or just a test to see, you know, because obviously it didn't go very far in the media. Nothing really big came of it. Sure, they had a few exercises or a few, uh, they gained a few scenarios to see what would happen, you know, if... if similar attacks occurred or whatever, but whoever was, and if it's an insider, and of course they meant, when the, by, by insider in that report, the, the final analysis was that it may have been an insider. They mean an insider to the actual transformer, like a worker, uh-huh. a disgruntled worker. Now, they idea that one disgruntled worker would somehow be able to, to, to put together a, a team or himself would be a, a, a former military vet and be able to put together a bunch of other people of similar experience and professionalism to mount such a, an operation. Is unlikely. Mm. So when I read "informer," it's more likely to be a DHS. That's closer to the inside, the insider definition, and it means inside the American establishment, inside the American security yeah. services, inside the American yeah. intelligence agencies. Yeah. The they, middle-
1: they will mean it one way, but I, I think a, 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 <clears throat> an appropriate in- inference we can make is that it's insiders, in that you can organize. A group of people, such that they can carry it out undetected and leave a minute before the cops to get there. It's not easy to do. And then there's always a paper trail or a virtual trail. So always is the point is that somebody stops the, the virtue virtual hunt.
0: Yeah. Well, once they realize when that it's goes, getting to a certain place, well, it goes dark. Basically, that's, that's the, it. So goes into those back rooms. End of investigation. Yeah, and also it's it's not only that, that they call a halted but there's no way to get that information there's certain groups within a lot of governments who operate with no oversight whatsoever yeah that's that's a no-brainer that happens right there's certain people who are untouchable in that respect you know when I remind you of this incident earlier like
1: really sniper snipers shooting <laughs> but remember that was 2013 in a more recent one I think in the one I mentioned um I think it was mentioned in the USA Today one where the FBI says white supremacists, yeah. what they were going off besides internet chatter um, was another incident where there had been an attempt to sever, sever in some way, sabotage a different plant. I can't remember where, mm. using drones. Right. So things have moved on. Now you wouldn't need to organize team. You can use just your drones and do stuff that way, you know? Mm. Um, And I kept looking, but maybe I need to do a deeper search. But I swear to God, there have been other incidents at power stations Mm -hmm. in the intervening years where if they were being reported now, I bet it would be as one actually, one I didn't even bother throwing up. There was one that was North Korea got blamed for in 2017 or there was a suggestion. I would bet I think there's probably more of the stuff that goes on, you know. Mm-hmm. And a few of them become high profile cases, yeah, testing defenses um who knows how they probably justify it on the at the time it's probably like let's let's see what happens. How quickly can we come back online you know what happens if we do this and that it's not purely just destruction for its own case. they could have done that, they could have really like destroyed the plant, and it had that isn't what happened it it was fairly easily brought back online. Mm-hmm. It didn't cause like a major blackout in California that resulted in political trouble for whoever's in control of California at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I suspect some of that goes on in other contexts. I remember Texas, you know, mm-hmm. major blackouts mm-hmm. and then Governor Abbott, you know. So that can happen. But here it's like it's so cut and dry, it's so clean, quick, get in, get out. It, it begs an explanation. But the only kind of one we can give us some kind of contextual I suppose just to remind it that there are people with influence and power who are not above causing the shortages they've been yammering on and on about drilling into your head the shortage is coming, they're coming get ready to lose weight you know um, blaming Russia for but that's still only um that's still only part of a narrative mm-hmm. because there are there are other structural reasons for it you mm-hmm, know mm-hmm. Um, that are coming down the pipe yeah well told uh, it, yeah maybe that's that reminded me of some other headlines um, you name it uh British media Energy blackouts coming this winter mm-hmm. um here 's what the German government's telling here 's what German government's telling their people this week.
0: They were saying this three months ago as well. (laughs) I know, but it's... Light candles for heat.
1: Light candles. That was last winter, wasn't it? (coughs) Germans warned of difficult autumn and tough winter. Mm. I guess a tough winter is worse than a difficult autumn. Yeah. Um, uh, And another one. Also Germany. One in six Germans are skipping meals, according to a poll. That, well, that speaks to what we were talking at the, at the top of the show, just how, to what extent is this biting? Are people feeling this yet, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, maybe a lot more than we see. It's all a prelude. They're if,
0: just you do a search for UK, UK, or France, or anywhere you know, US food insecurity and all that kind of stuff, and you see that it's all over the media. They're talking about. It. They're putting that information out. there. That information has an effect on people. You know, even if they don't necessarily read it, it eventually filters down into into the the the, the dominant or, or the you know the the public narrative, the public discourse, and uh, and it's, it all seems to be put out there as a prelude. You know, and you could say, well, they're warning us that this is going to happen. But what they don't tell you is that they're making it happen. There's people in certain positions of power who are making this happen and then they have the media tell you that it's going to happen and they give you a bogus reason as to why it's happening. Uh, But the bottom line is it doesn't matter why it's happening. It doesn't even matter if they're doing it or who's doing it or Putin's doing it. If it's coming and if they're planning to make it happen, then people need to prepare for it. So like the rest of this year you're looking at basically what they're saying. uh, Certainly into this winter it will be a first taste, I think, of, of more serious problems uh obviously ukraine war will continue uh russia's military special military operation in ukraine will continue through through the rest of this year you may have an expansion of that um outside of the borders of ukraine in one way or another uh which will you know be a shock to the markets and can you know there's there's so many different things and then there's heat waves happening right now Uh, there's a heat wave in france there's a heat wave in There's been been a heat wave in in India uh, in the early summer. There's heat waves in the US and in the Southwest US, uh, and and it's all talked about in the context of crops and crop yield being down, um, and obviously (coughs) gas prices, electricity prices soaring, and uh, and then you've got Taiwan as well as another shock to the global economic system. Where if China, there's a good chance that China will take some action on, on Taiwan. Um, hopefully Zelensky will be there you know manning the manning the defenses and uh, take him out and do the world a favor um, but yeah that 's what we 're looking at and it's you know there 's a, a period of time in advance of 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 anything significant happening um, and we 're still waiting for something really significant to happen in that respect you know but it seems to be this slow drip by drip 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 fed uh, approach to it where they it's almost like they normalise it in advance for people. They want to normalise it almost as if to prepare people so that they don't freak out, so it doesn't come out of nowhere on people. Although they did that with COVID. They didn't have any problem with dropping COVID out of nowhere and lockdowns out of nowhere on top of people, you know. But it seems with the... That was a kind of different a different strategy or a different category, I suppose, because there's no... Obviously, it affected people's lives very directly, but it wasn't. There was never any shortage of food or energy, you know, basically people have no problem staying warm and feeding themselves. So, but when you go in that direction, you need to prepare people for it in one way or another. Um, and I think that's what they're doing. And I think it'll be spotily, it'll happen in different places. There's more preparation to, to be had, like there's there's a story there about um, blaming Putin for a, a potential a burgeoning uh, famine in Africa because of Ukrainian wheat, right? Uh, But, of course, they don't mention the fact that Russia is actually by far, compared to Ukraine, the largest uh, wheat uh, and grain exporter in the world. Uh, And Russia hasn't stopped exporting any grains to to Africa. So, you know what I mean? There's always the narrative, the the headline narrative never tells you what's actually going on, you know. Yeah.
1: And it's not all one-way traffic. There was a British parliamentary hearing last week. And uh, it's very clear. It's the link I just sent you, Scott, although this is from a skeptic's website. It links directly to um, the committee's own webpage. The cost of living crisis, a result of lockdowns, Mm -hmm. experts tell MPs. It was good. I mean, they do, these, you still have reality-based discussions going on in Western capitals, but they're just drowned out by so much BS. Um, If you scroll down a bit, um, they're basically British MPs, presumably all bucking the narrative. But they've also been vigilant. They've been paying attention to what's going on. If you There's quotes from testimony of experts who basically explain, no, it was the lockdowns that caused the cost of living crisis, as they euphemistically term rampant runaway inflation in Britain. Mm-hmm. Uh, scroll down. They have a graph. Uh, there it is. Look at this graph. Uh, figure one, the annual... CPIH inflation rate was last higher than it currently is in April 1991. And so this shows 2012, <coughs> The graph timelines the last decade, basically.
2: Mm.
1: And they point out for us, lockdown starts down there. There's inflation and relatively low. And it's climbing, climbing, climbing. Ukraine war starts. Yeah, it's already, already going all pink. way up.
0: Yeah. And throw up, um, as an example, I came across it same topic uh, the Daily Mail one I mean you can see it on some other websites whatever but more than 10,000 pubs in the UK pubs and restaurants in the UK are at risk of closure due to they say perfect storm of inflation and surging energy costs now of course think surging energy surging energy costs you're going to think Putin right because that's what you've been told this is Putin Putin's price hikes and stuff but just the subheadings tell you what it is uh, 30,000 UK hospitality members businesses have no cash reserves why would they have no cash reserves anything to do with two years of lockdown and people not allowed to go to pubs and restaurants. And 20,000 of these businesses are still operating below break-even, still operating below break-even. So they started operating b- below break-even during the lockdowns. So, um, yeah, of course, it's pathetic to see Biden and the rest of them try and spin it as Putin's this or Putin's, you know, it's Putin's fault, Ukraine. Um, but they did it. They dealt a serious blow, at least to the hospitality sector and other, other areas as well, during their ridiculous lockdowns. Yeah. So,
1: the good news is Biden... Good news? Yeah, the good news is Biden is going to save the US energy crisis. He is? By giving everyone solar panels. Ah, good man. Which, you know, is such a... Sop. <laughs> it's, it's so... We know that they know that they're not going to replace an oil and gas-based economy. No. It's a pipe dream.
0: They're going to wreck it.
1: They're going to wreck everything. They're going
0: to wreck a, that economy and then just go, well, uh, uh, windmills, uh, uh, solar panels, I don't know, while people freeze and starve. Yep. So that's what, that's what the future holds. And I'm sorry we can't bring you any uh, more upbeat news and stuff, but we'd like to. But uh, I have some. Do okay, yeah. Then it's got one, it's gonna you change remember, it all.
1: You remember a random guy, random guy named Guaido, mm. Juan Guaido? Yeah, Venezuela. he was the, the international arch, communities arch ruler of, president of Venezuela for Italy. about 18 months. Yeah, I mean, that's a castle in the sky they built and they moved into. Yeah, as far as they were I concerned, apart.
0: this was the leader of the
1: country. Yeah. So, um,
0: let's just say he's the leader of the country and whatever
1: and And it becomes reality. this is um juan guaido um trying to enjoy a nice meal out in Venezuela last week.
0: But, but America, but freedom. Is it worth it, Juan? Okay. Those people are screaming in excitement at seeing him because he's so the one. We may yet year.
1: still see world leaders chasing down the street. Um, ah, it can open. happen. It does happen.
0: Yeah. Um, so there you go. Are we done? I think we're done. Yeah. I think that's... Uh, the long and the short of it, as far as, as far as we can see, uh, the main items for what's been going on, and you may notice it hasn't changed very much. Um, there's a few, a few additions, a bit of progress, but it's generally on a certain trajectory. It seems to be on a certain trajectory, and we're just uh, we're going to keep you abreast of the developments as they go along. But it's going in a certain direction, and it hasn't changed. We've been talking about it for quite a while, quite a long well years actually and it doesn't seem to be changing over in in terms of the main main course of it so there's no reason to believe it's going to be a big U-turn at any point Uh, so people should prepare accordingly and stay stay alert, stay awake and keep watching the skies (laughs) or something no, yeah anyway, we'll leave it there for this week folks, thanks for listening, watching, commenting don't forget to smash all the buttons and we'll be back next week with another show until then, have a good one
1: See you next time. Bye. Can't
0: stop the signal now. Mm